0: Welcome to the Felt Recoil Podcast. This is episode number 110, and I'm probably going to have to talk really, really fast the entire time because there's so much to squeeze in. I don't know if we'll be able to do it all, but my name is Chris. Cross from me, P-Mag Hulon, how are you? I'm going to cut to the chase because we're in a hurry tonight, my yes, name is Patrick. Sir. Let's get going. All right. Happy birthday to your mom, by the way. She's fantastic. Uh, this is number 110. Thanks for being here. New episodes every Tuesday morning. Let's stop with that. This is the Felt Recoil Podcast where all men are created equal, all ideas are not. We know that. You know that. Uh, We're glad you're here to work it out. The quote for this week's episode. Maybe that's a thing we should do, huh? Should have like a different proper quote for every episode. We're going to go with uh, St. Francis of Assisi. While we have time, let us do good. While we have time, let us do good. So we're going to try and do that tonight because that's going to kind of the theme of this episode, which maybe I'm just getting old, and now I'm every week using my time here to encourage us to be nice to each other, and I'm not being as sarcastic and cynical as I once was And <laughs> my... Yes, I am. Uh, but I am trying to just ask everybody to be nice and um, And we'll start here. Uh, This week's charity of choice is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Firefighter Stephen Siller was the youngest of seven children, born to May and George Siller. He lost his dad when he was eight years old. And a year and a half later, he lost his mom. He was raised by his brothers. Well, his siblings specifically. um, And he became a firefighter. He was assigned to Brooklyn's Squad One, and on September 11, 2001, after working his shift, he left to go play golf with his brothers when he got word over the scanner of a plane hitting the North Tower of the World Trade Center. When he heard the news, he turned around, went back. He called his wife on the way back, told her, hey, tell my brothers, I'll catch up with them later. He drove to the entrance of the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, but it was already closed. So he said, okay, and he strapped on his 60 pounds of gear, and ran to the Twin Towers where he would be killed. Stephen gave uh, his life for other people selflessly. He had everything to live for, a great wife, five wonderful children, a devoted extended family and friends. Um, He was 34 years old when he died. This past week, um, New York City said, we're not going to do the 9-11 tribute because of COVID. Because, you know, somebody might get sick. They might get flu-like symptoms. And they might 99.6% of the time survive. But we don't want to honor the people slaughtered by terrorists on September eleventh, two 2001. Because somebody might get the sniffle sniffles. They might need a tissue and some time alone in bed. Now, I'm not trying to downplay those who have died from COVID. That's not what anybody wants to do. But I do find it... Grossly ironic that they would try to cancel the annual light display honoring victims of 9 11 and blame COVID. But what happened was Stephen's story inspired uh, a charity called Tunnels to Tower. And you can read about Tunnel to Tower Foundation, excuse me, Tunnel to Towers Foundation at tunnel, the number two, towers.org. It's also already linked up on our Facebook page. Tunnel to towers.org stepped in and said, fine, we'll do something. We'll do something. And now the city has recanted and said, okay, okay, okay. Hold on. (laughs) Sorry about all that. We'll do it. We'll do it. So that makes Tunnel to Towers our uh, charity of choice. I think they do the 5K there every year as well. You can read more about that if you like to run. You could get up there and uh, help raise money for a really, really good cause and their work up there and what they do. Okay? They have several different programs, by the way, for uh, family members, the Gold Star family members. Fallen first responder families, things like that. Uh, Learn more at tunnel2towers.org. That is our charity of choice this week. And By the way, uh, Stephen Stephen Siller, uh, whose memory and whose life inspired Tunnel to Towers, he grew up a Franciscan, and uh, they believe in the philosophy of St. Francis of Assisi, who said, while we have time, let us do good. Okay, that's where that came from. Okay, uh, let's start with Chris's hard lessons of life. Um, I want you. let's just start here. And they're protected from dust and liquids to an even higher level now, IP68. That means it's protected to two meters for up to 30 minutes. So if you happen to be hanging by the pool, drop your phone in the water, don't worry, dive down, grab it, rinse it, let it dry. You'll be fine. Yeah, no, you won't. No, no. Yeah, no you won't. No, you won't. That was uh, Apple guy, Philip Schiller. He's the senior vice president of worldwide marketing for Apple. That's during the 2018 release of the iPhone XS. And they had similar praise for the iPhone X, which up until su- Saturday night was my phone. <laughs> Uh-oh. Now, according to Apple, the iPhone XS can do 6 feet of water as Steven just told you. And they're protected from dust and liquids to an even higher level now. Higher level. IP68. Okay. That means it's Wouldn't protected that be a lower to level? 2 meters for up to 30 minutes. So, if you happen to be hanging by the pool, uh-huh. Drop your phone in the water. Oh. Don't worry. Okay. Dive down, grab yeah. it, uh-huh. rinse it, let it dry. Okay. You'll be fine. No problem's there. Okay, great. Uh, here's what I did, me. Uh, I was hanging by the pool this weekend with my iPhone X, which is the generation before the XS, which Apple touts as water-resistant to one meter for 30 minutes. Okay? Water-resistant, three feet, 30 minutes. I'm going to take some of the blame here, some of it. Just a little. Okay. Uh, the kids are jumping into the pool, and I'm bored. And I go, hey, you know what? Let me uh let me get you in slow motion jumping into the pool. And so I get this great video of my son running and jumping into the pool, and it occurs to me, his phone is water resistant. You can put it in three feet of water for half an hour, right? Nobody Allegedly. Damn. Allegedly. <laughs> yes, that's the right word. Because I did. But I'm sitting on the edge of a pool, and I decided to just dunk my hand into the pool and follow my son on his next jump. So he jumps in. I submerge it into the water, hold it there for about five seconds, 10 seconds maybe, mm-hmm. as he comes back up to the surface. He gets out of the pool. We look at the video. It's awesome. My wife walks over. She goes, how are you doing that with your phone? I was like, well, the X and and newer are all waterproof, right? Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure. That's supposed to
1: be big news when it came out with that.
0: So my daughter did a jump, and her friend, whose house we were at, did a jump, and I videotaped them. Maybe five total, maybe six. Five to ten second exposure to the water each time. So we're at a total of maybe two minutes underwater with this phone, but not even that. And lo and behold, just shuts itself off. Fried the whole thing. Fried the whole thing. And worse off I didn't get the videos because we weren't connected to Wi-Fi. So they didn't upload them to the cloud, right? I, I go today, I take it, to have them diagnose it. So I've had no phone for two days, which has actually been kind of nice. And um, I say to the guy, hey, uh, my, my iPhone X here um, got submerged in water. Now, Apple, by the way, just so you know, if it's water damaged, Apple openly will tell you they won't touch it. There's nothing they're going to do. You need to replace the device. Now, here's a company who has told you the device will resist water three feet deep for 30 minutes. You, me, have dunked it into a pool, maybe eight inches underwater, for a total of 90 seconds, and they won't even touch it. They're not going to talk to you about it because it's water damaged. So you can take your SIM card out. You shine a little light in there. If it's a white strip, you're good. No water exposure. If it's red, it's been exposed to water, and they won't touch it. They won't even talk to you about touching it. So I knew that, so I take it over to a cell phone repair, and they do a free diagnostic, and that's kind of their draw to get you in. And the guy says to me, he says, well, man, I'm going to tell you. Uh, if it was exposed to water, we can take a look. Maybe we change your battery and that saves you, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, it's pool water, so, you know, it's clean. He goes, oof. If it's chlorine, that's never gonna work. I said, What? And he goes, Yeah, I mean, phones can't go into pools, man. Like we just we just know that. He said, Every every phone we see that hits the pool, it's over. Because there's just chemicals in it. It's dead. What does that have to do <laughs> with anything? I said, Do you know that they're in their keynote in 2018, they're bragging about the fact you can drop an iPhone XS to the bottom of a pool, dive in. Wipe it off. No big deal.
1: He meant saltwater pool. He it was like, implied. Ew. You're just an idiot. Yeah,
0: maybe. He's like, No, I mean, I asked him, I said, how many iPhones do you see come in here <laughs> that are submerged in the water and don't make it? He said, none of them. They don't make it. They submerge. It's over. And then he said, he said, the thing about it is you have some seals here and here. He said, but that charger port is wide open. And what happens is they go in, they fry the battery first, then they spread to everything else. It just shorts it out. He said, if you if you were to get it here immediately and we could take it completely apart, we might be able to save it. He said, but no. And so then in further research, I learned You didn't know you were gonna have to triage the phone. I didn't know that. You're exactly right. I learned that the water resistance of an iPhone fades over time. Because what? Yes. Just this not a joke. Unless you wrap it in sheepskin, you know, like some thick wool-type uh, device, and you have a manservant to gingerly carry it around, and every time you need it, he holds it and touches the buttons and yes. holds it to your ear. Call it the Brooks Brothers Service. Exactly right. It's a golden fleece. What a great place. And unless it's never been dropped, unless you've never had to have anything repaired on it, Over time, that water resistance wears out because it's just like a a glue Mm. to a degree, just an adhesive that seals the rings around the phone. And so he said, well, how long have you had your phone? I said, about three years. I got it like as soon as it came out in 2017 because I'd I'd had an iPhone 6 for three or four years and then announced this one. I said, well, you know, go after that. It's like, yeah, man, probably not. And so they were real nice and for free. And I told him, I said, you know, um, how much do you think? He said, probably about 230 bucks. Uh, if we have to replace everything in it, and that works to get it going, it'd be 230 dollars. And so, shout outs to them. I mean, they were really nice. They took the whole thing apart, they had to keep it for the day today. I didn't get back to about 630 tonight. Um, and they put a new battery in it. They put a new screen on it. Uh, he said they replaced everything they could possibly replace and it just didn't work. So I killed the phone and I told him how sad I was. I said, it would be worth the money to me if I got my videos that I took Saturday night and I had some voice memos on there with the kids that I just didn't want to lose. Unbeknownst to me, thank you, Apple. I'll give you credit where it's due. Uh, My iCloud backup kept all my voice memos. So I did have those. So I'm happy about that. And I have every picture and video I ever took before then because we do have the extended cloud storage. But I'm kind of mad. And so you work in the retail space. You deal with the Karens and the Kens all day long. Is the male a Ken? I heard... I don't know. I heard a male Karen was going to be Chad. I voted. I was told maybe not. Is it Ken and Karen? Kyle and Karen? Chad and Karen? I'm not sure. What total white guy name did they land on? I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to be a Karen, but I do kind of have a bone to pick with Apple. And at first, I thought, you go to the Apple store, and you say to the manager, look, man, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but literally, you guys say this thing's waterproof for up to half an hour. It couldn't even take 90 seconds. Like, what what you got for me? What you going to do? You know how that goes? Like, you eat half the meal, as you and I witnessed not so long ago. Eat half your burger at the bar and say to the barkeep, I oh, don't know, man. I need something different. I don't like this. It's a true story that happened. We watched it. Uh, and yes, then he brings <laughs> he brings you a whole new one.
1: I would say it was more than half, though.
0: How? Yeah, you're right. How, un, how unreasonable am I being to suggest, hey, Apple, maybe you cut me some slack here. And I don't pay $1,000 for a new phone. Help a brother out. Because I've got a couple of of ways of going about this. I'll run and buy you. All right. You tell me what you think. Number one, I'm serious about this. Email Apple and tell them, I submerged my iPhone X into about six to eight inches of water because I believed, as you told me in your marketing materials, that it would survive, and then it didn't. I don't want to pay you another $1,000. That's ridiculous. And I can give him my Apple ID and say, I'm not trying to be that guy, but I've been loyal for years. Look at everything I've bought through you. iPads, MacBook Pros, several iPhones. I mean, I'm on one, two, three of my MacBook Pros that I've purchased. So I think they'd be kind and go, he's been a loyal customer for a real long time. Big advocate for the brand. What can you do? Maybe they give me like 20% coupon. That'd be cool. Something like that. Or you tell me again. Or I change carriers, which is where my head's at right now. Because I bet Apple says no, because they don't care about me and my thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, I think a uh, thousand bucks to them is not even
0: worth their time. But shouldn't that make it easier for them to give me one? Like that's yes, what, maybe I put absolutely. that in the email. What's a thousand dollars to you, Apple? Give me or a new iPhone. Normal, I
1: bought. Some headphones recently, and I was having yes. trouble actually ordering them on the website.
0: Ooh, you got the Jabras, right? I did.
1: Yes. And so I went to buy them, and I, their website was acting all weird. And they're not cheap, but I went to buy them. It didn't work. So I called them because they have like a little bot on their website you try to talk to a computer. I want to talk to a real person right. and say, hey, I want to order these. And I didn't want to go into Best Buy and put a mask on or any of that silliness. What? Why not? It's crazy. Uh I guess I'm just
0: unruly. <laughs> I didn't want to have to protest. You are so reckless. So as your mother says, incorrigible. That too. Yeah, that's what she would say about you. I believe you. you. Cannot be reprimanded.
1: So I got somebody on the phone
0: and I talked to this real nice
1: lady and I have no idea how big that company is. No clue. Right. Uh I assume they're big. Seems I like they've it. been around for a while. Super nice. And the girl says, yeah, obviously something weird's going on, so let me see. And she digs around, and she says, well, we can see where you've tried to order it three times. And it looks like, for some reason, nothing's going through. No so, kidding. Yeah, that's why I'm calling you. And she says, tell you what, let me fix that. And she sends me an invoice and says, you're going to get an email. It's it's an invoice. You click on that, and then you can just click to pay, and it'll go right through And I can watch it in real time. Cool. Nice. So I do that. I click on it. And they had basically cut the price in half. And I was like, wait a second. You didn't have to do that. And she's like, well, hey, look. You know, you're having trouble. We don't want you to have a bad experience. We want to take care of you. So here you go. Totally wasn't expected. Right. I just wanted to order them. That was all I wanted. So, and there's a, a company who now, again, don't know how big they are, but I certainly know they're not anywhere near as big as Apple because nobody is. Right. And it was nothing for them to just cut
0: the price in half. Companies tend to do that, though, right? Like, that's a natural progression where when you're smaller, they tend to take better care of you. The larger they get, the more disconnected they become. It's very rare to find a big company still willing to bend over for their customers like that. That's cool. I like hearing that. So it sounds like you think... The best idea would be for me to buy three new iPhones, call them and say, I'm having yes. an issue. Mm-hmm. Let them see I purchased three and then demand half off. Yeah. That's, Am yeah, I that's with actually
1: you? my strategy for all <laughs> online purposes, purchases moving forward. I'm, I'm going to tell them I'm having trouble. Here's the curse. You know, that I need a discount.
0: <laughs> here's the curse. You know, this as well as I do. I've worked in the food service industry. Right, I waited tables. Yeah. I've delivered pizza. Quick side note: One time, I delivered a woman a pizza. The total was seventeen eighty. I remember it to this day. Her grand total was seventeen eighty. She lived in a mansion on a golf course. She handed me a fifty dollar bill and told me to keep the change. I drove back to the shop. Did you know? Did my round of deliveries? It ate, ate at me the whole time. She was old. Ate at me the whole time. I called her back when I got back to the shop. I said, "Ma'am, it's Chris." from where I was working, I'm sorry, did, did you mean to give me a $50 bill and tell me to keep the change? And she goes, a $50? I thought I gave you $20. I said, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm going to bring you your change. She goes, okay. So then I do this thing where you don't ask for a tip because that's rude. I drive back to her house, which, to be fair, wasn't that far from the shop. But I did. I drove all the way back. I said, okay, so your total was $17.80, and you gave me $50, so here's $0.20, cent, that makes 18 here's $2 for $20, and then here's the $30 to get back to $50, that's your change, okay? And she goes, thank you so much, creak, close, <laughs> <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing, I was so like, frustrated, but you did what was right, so... I've I've waited the tables, right? I've had people... that I kid you not, one of the first experiences I had waiting tables, these two women come in, and they ordered Cokes. Take a Coke. Take a Coke. And I go over and I get two Pepsis, because that's what we had. But I'm from the South. Coke is cola. Right. Cola is Coke. Soda is Coke. Pepsi is Coke. And what the hell is pop? Right. <laughs> exactly. That's not a thing. And... uh I take them over and set them down, and I didn't get five steps away. And she goes, "Uh uh-uh, and snapped at me, "Uh uh-uh. And I turn, and she goes, what is this? I said, it's Coke. And she goes, it's not Coke. Is it Coke or Pepsi? I said, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Pepsi. We serve Pepsi here. And she goes, "Uh uh-uh, and got her bag, and she and her friend got up and left. Walked right out. (laughs) I worked at Jillian's in the Vista. I was like, Sounds about right. What? And I remember the people I worked with were like, "What did you do?" And I was like, "I didn't tell them it was Pepsi." And they're like, "Ooh!" <laughs> so I've been there, right? You you work in retail. I work in retail. You get behind that counter, you start talking to people about guns. It's almost as bad. The lat that you have no ability now. Neither of us will ever be able to complain about food. Complain yeah. about service ask for a refund, ask for them to make it right. I've literally gone very recently, ordered food for the family, showed up, it was all the wrong flavor. All of it. Because my son loves wings, and he loves the buffalo-style chicken wings more than anything. So you can, you can find a place. There's a local place here that doesn't buy one, get one free on a certain day. So I'll eat them with him on that day of the week. And I went to get them. And I ordered his like he likes, his spicy flavor, but I'm old and I have issues. And so I don't get that, right? I go, I, I want them just baked, not fried, if you'll bake them. And then I'll just do your barbecue sauce, right? Because I can't have that spicy stuff. And they're like, no problem. I show up and all of them are spicy. And I just say to the girl, no, 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 no big deal. If they're ready to go, that's fine. I can handle it. It'll be good. be no problem. I can't even, like even when they're blatantly wrong. And she said to me, oh, no. They made them all Buffalo style. Let me get them to remake them real fast. Nope. 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 Not a big deal because I just, ne- you can, you, it's not just me. It's you. It's anybody else that's ever worked in service industries. You just, you're cursed. You can't be that person. You call the yep. cable company. Hey, you guys charged me $700 this month for cable. And the guy on the other end could go, yep. And he'd be like, okay, well it's normally 70. <laughs> so I was going to see, huh? I was going to see if, if you could refund the 630 missing dollars, we'll do 530 Call it a day. Okay, yes, sir. Whatever you think is best, please. You know, because you know his life sucks on the other end of everything because he's, you know, you know the job. You've been there before. It's so hard to do. But I do just feel compelled at this point to just shoot a message and go, look, I get it. But you can't advertise it as three feet of water for half an hour and I dunk it in a pool for 90 seconds, and it fries the whole thing, and I'm out of I cool I think you're missing grand.
1: option three of how to deal with that. Tell me. I think you go scorched earth.
0: <laughs> put on my own keynote. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. You put on your own keynote. You have your own uh, virtual audience. You could do it like Zoom style. Yeah. And then you come up with a bunch of hashtags. <laughs> And you just get everybody all buzzing. You get like, you invite like CNET. You know what I'm saying? Sure. You get the big dogs there. Okay. And you tell them you have this big announcement. I like it. Basically, the whole thing is just that Apple's a big fraud when it comes to waterproofing their phones. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, here's the thing. I want to be real clear about something.
1: I bet we could get all three people that listen to this podcast <laughs> to show up to that, that Zoom call.
0: Well, first of all, I think we have, to, we have to use the current MLB audience because I find that hilarious. Yeah, why not? So, I want a bunch of cardboard cutout people yeah. like in front of me for my keynote. Um, I want to be very clear, though. the iPhone X is listed on their website as three feet of water up to 30 minutes, a meter. They never touted that's it. That's your problem. Uh-huh.
1: You're not in Europe.
0: <laughs> right. I didn't know what a meter was. I mean,
1: no, that the pool you were in wasn't in meters, I'm sure it was right. in feet. That, so
0: that's what that's
1: why I got all screwed. From up. me to you, right? From yeah. me to you. Bingo. Uh,
0: it's that distance. Uh, the, what they did was they touted the XS, which is the next step up, right? So I was a step down. So because it was also similar Maybe I got confused, but there's no denying that they'll tell you the X, which I had was three feet of water for 30 minutes. It was the XS. They said you can throw on the bottom of a pool, slim down, get it. No big deal. But to me, it's kind of still yeah, the chemicals. same. That's what the dude said. The guy today laughed what, when I was like,
1: what does that have to do with anything?
0: Uh, that it eats the seal away. That it's held ah. in place by an adhesive well, and so acid, yeah, rainwater fire, and all yeah. that, and a, you know a cup of water, not that big of a deal. But you put it into a chemical mix, he was like, "Man, that's got all." It. He said, "It's all held together by a thin layer." Got it. He said, "I don't, I don't think you can throw any of them on the bottom of a pool." I was like, that's not what they say, anyway. Uh, so that was my day today. But
1: so, which Galaxy Note have you picked out?
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, I, listen. <laughs> when I got the X, I was a hair's breadth away from getting that Galaxy. I remember. I that. loved that thing. I went and looked at it talked to Verizon about it I asked a few people how hard is it to use you know uh, an Android phone but all my Apple products because you know for I'm, I'll, I defy anyone who wants to say that Windows is a a better operating system because it's not because it's like hey I need some help okay here's what I need you to do I need you to hit shift K. I need you... And then, you know, there's all these rudiments you have to know to get into Windows. It's like a drum lesson. All right. If you will do operation number six on the function keys, and I need you to flam that space bar, let's flam that space bar, both index fingers. All right. All right. Now, you've started Windows. What? (laughs) What? No, I need need my files. I need to know where this thing is. Oh, okay. Wait a second.
1: You didn't know me. You were looking for those. A,
0: it's a terrible operating system, and B, even more importantly when it comes to editing, video, photography, any of that, head and shoulders, Apple every time. So I can't get away from them on that side, and I love them for those things. I just feel like this one little thing is eating at me a little bit. It's eating at me a little bit. So I did think I'd go to the phone, um, but I love the um, airplay. I love being able to share things via the cloud right there together. Uh, I love all that stuff. So there's many, many times... Uh, where I go out and shoot video, and we have the DSLRs running and all that. And then I need one more angle. So I grab my phone, you know, mm-hmm. grab it. And then when I get back to the office, I can just transfer that file straight to the desktop with a click on one button and it just pulls it together. So I like that stuff. I don't want to lose that. But yeah, uh, I, I am absolutely tempted right now to say, well, maybe I just. There's, there's, seriously if I go, if I switch carriers if I were to switch to AT&T tomorrow I could get half off the iPhone 11 they would do that and I don't love Verizon anyway what have they done for me so anyway nobody cares about all that I'm done point is <laughs> your iPhone X iPhone 8 if you think it's uh, going to be sub- am I making some sub- that's a word I'm making up submersible is that a word yes oh, man I really thought is submersible a word uh, probably, maybe I should use it more so I feel comfortable with it. You cannot submerge them. Okay. I can't wait uh, to see how you're going to interject that. I do like the idea of a keynote. I kind of feel like we could do that. Like I film my own keynote and get a black turtleneck Yep. <laughs> and put my busted. <laughs> wasn't there a famous Steve Jobs moment where he tried to, or was that? No, Bill Gates, where windows crashed on yeah. Bill Gates. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Like see? The blue screen of death. My o- earlier point proven there. Um, anywho, okay. Hey. You have uh, to talk like them, though. If you do it. Oh, man. I don't know that I could, Patrick. You see, it's so
1: in-depth. You have to have no real emotion, but then tell everyone how excited you are.
0: It's just a black screen, and I'm all like, look at the stunningly rich detail. Handcrafted. truly amazing. Crafted by German surgeons who performed the world's first brain transplant of migrant twins. What does that even mean? Okay. uh, Let's go to California. All right. and Let's don't. I know. And say we didn't. I'm going to tie two things together here. But first, please visit feltrecoalshow.com. There you can hear every episode we've ever done of this podcast. We love you for being here. It does help us. I'm not asking you for money. But it does help us get more friends introduced to the show. If you will subscribe Rate and leave a review of this podcast wherever you like to get it. We are on Spotify. Spotify is the largest, fastest growing podcast network out there. Spotify. Type in Felt Recoil Show and you can find us there. And honestly, if you listen to us on Spotify and you leave that rating and that review, that does help us with money on the back end. It's a true story. That's what makes Spotify great. Uh, They have uh, ways we earn money if you just listen to us. It doesn't cost you anything. Just use Spotify to listen to us or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Okay? All right. Um, As we said at the top, it is proper time to begin engaging each other with kindness and to decide to do good with the time you have here. There's an interesting thing that happened Friday in the gun industry. Patrick and I, if you don't know, share an office in, inside of a gun company's building, and uh, it just everything went a buzz. Just started buzzing. Now I was at least five cocktails deep because it was I think at least twelve thirty in the afternoon. No, I'm kidding. But uh, uh, everybody starts buzzing around the building, and it was probably later in the day than that because we're on the East Coast. And they start talking about the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals giving this major victory to the Second Amendment. And it sounded very familiar that the Ninth Circuit had now ruled that the California ban on large capacity magazines was unconstitutional. Now, I'm going to pause here and make a point. If you just thought in your head, don't call it large capacity, Chris. Call it standard capacity. Do me a favor. Get used to it. Here's what I like about calling them large-capacity magazines is such a thumb in the eye of the anti-gunners because everybody's got, quote-unquote, large-capacity magazines, and that is the basis the court is using for not upholding the ban. In common use. In common use, exactly. Half the countries got them. You can't ban them if they're in common use and everybody has them. Plus, they're an integral part of the weapon system. You have to have it to make the weapon work. You cannot regulate it according to the Second Amendment. That's what's at stake here. Which that's been ruled
1: on in court as well. That's not just your opinion. I mean, that's... that's, Right. Yeah, yeah. That's gone through the system more than once, I think.
0: So, to argue that we all need to say... Standard Capacity Magazine, is actually contrary to the argument we're trying to win. We're trying to win the argument that large capacity magazines are in common use. Standard Capacity Magazine may carry a different definition. So stop showing up and trolling people and telling to telling them to say Standard Capacity Magazine, okay? Just going to tie into something in a minute. Did I cut you off? No, no. Oh, go okay, ahead. okay, sorry. All right. Uh, so, my point there is show up, be kind, and support the places saying large capacity magazines because they are a step ahead. Okay, they're a step ahead. Now, in an 81 page decision, this is from the Firearms Policy Coalition. In an 81 page decision issued Friday, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals granted a major victory to gun owners. Here's the important line affirming a lower court decision. Holding that the state's ban on magazines capable of holding more than 10 rounds violates the Second Amendment. Now, that's important because, like I said, everybody's a buzz at work and they're going, oh, yeah, major victory. And I turned to Patrick and I said, the way I'm reading this is nothing changes today than what we had yesterday.
1: Well, in fairness, too. So I read the headline to you mm-hmm. and thought, oh, that's cool. And I kind of moved along. Sure. I mean, Part of that's because I don't live in California and I don't care. Right. And I have all the magazines of whatever capacity I could ever want. Right. So it doesn't really affect me, which is why I didn't click on it and didn't read any further into it. So I'm, um, you know, I read the headline to you because I yeah. figure it, that does affect
0: where we work. And sure, so that was because, because where we work is going to ship them. Right. Supposedly. Allegedly. Because that's the thing. Everybody starts going crazy. Like, oh, now we're going to ship them. Now we're going to send them out. And we were like, whoa, 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 whoa wait a second. Well, then you wait do the second. You do the thing you do where you go,
1: eh, all right, well, let yeah. me look into that. And yeah, look, so let's you read start it.
0: reading it, and then you tell me. I say, Patrick, Adam Kraut has a piece up right now that I think confirms what we were saying, that the decision has simply affirmed... Benitez's previous decision so here's what happened if you don't know let's get you up to speed I think it's been almost two years now was it just a year ago or two doesn't matter a while back Judge Benitez who's a district judge in the San Diego area rules and I'm just paraphrasing and and saying essential words here he says, look, you can't ban these magazines because they're in common use and they make the weapon work and therefore they're protected by the Second Amendment. So he says, it is no longer legal to own them, sell them, or import them into the state. So for a week, it's wildfire out in California. Like every- sorry, sorry, bad choice of words, California. It's my bad. Ooh. Too soon, I don't know. Is there one going on right now? That super burns. sorry, super sorry. You know what? We'll go back and edit this. Change to charity choice to like Smokey the Bear. Um, <laughs> so California rightfully goes crazy, and they say, "Man, we need all the magazines we can get," and nobody blames them. So the, the ship all the magazines you can get to California. God bless them; they deserve this win. Yay, major victory! Now, what happens then is about a week goes by, and the judge says, "Tell you what, we're going to let this stand." For three more days, and then it's over, and we'll wait because there's an appeal coming from the state. I've I've heard uh, the petition of the state, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to stay this order, and I'm going to say, okay, okay, the law is unconstitutional, but that is my ruling, but nothing changes until the higher court decides. So now it's gone to the higher court, and the higher court, a panel of three of the higher court, there's eleven total, says. We agree with that, but, but we leave it as it stands, meaning because the judge who originally ruled, and I was just talking about Benitez, because Benitez said we're going to stop the import and the selling after you know a couple more days, the higher court said we're going to leave it that way. So now it goes back to Benitez, and he has to decide what to do. Does he say, okay, the entire law is struck down, or does he pass it on to what they call a a full bench review? And Adam Kraut suggests that they're going to basically wait for the full bench review, and once they get that, it will determine what the permanent uh law is they even say at firearms poli- uh, firearmspolicy.org says right now don't go packing up boxes to send your cali friends any mags just yet the ban remains partially in effect until the district court issues a new order that has to lift the stay of judgment meaning um the, the court has to say okay uh it, the, the the stay that benitez put in place uh the, which is a stay is a way of saying stop Uh, the stop he put there has now been lifted and you can go back uh, to what he said the law should be. So hopefully that helps clarify what's happening in California. And I want to tie it back to what's happening on the East coast and the West coast alike in Portland. And we can't play this audio because uh, if we do, we'll get an explicit rating, which we've Mm -hmm. gotten a couple of recently. Uh, simply because we're playing this Antifa Black Lives Matter audio. But suffice to say that the vulgarity of the Black Lives Matter movement, here's the thing. You can't be a black guy and kick a white guy in the head who's being lynched, the white man being lynched in Portland this week. You can't kick him in the head and call him the N-word and then expect us to think there's anything to take away from anything you ever have to say. Why not? Right. I
1: mean, uh, and I, look, just explain it to me sure. like like I'm Antifa because can okay. slowly uptake. Yeah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So, cuz I feel like I can do whatever I want if I'm Antifa.
0: Understood. Okay. Because the N-word is what we call a pejorative. It's an insult. It's being okay. mean.
1: Can you explain that
0: with less yeah. syllables? You got it. You got it. So the N-word is racist.
1: Okay, got that. Yes.
0: If you use it, uh-huh. you are a racist.
1: Do you, wait, I was going to say deal, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. There's nope. going to be a lot of uh, rap labels shutting down.
0: I understand, and I've got that covered too, because regardless of who you are, if you use the N-word, you are a racist. Here's how that works. If you're white and you use it, it's an insult to black people, Right. It's a derogatory term white people use against black people.
1: Yes, I feel, I feel like that's the principle of Black Lives
0: Matter. That's right. But if you're black and you use it, one of two things must be true. There's no in between. It's one or the other. Either A, you believe everyone should be allowed to use it, or more likely B, you believe only people with a certain skin color should be allowed to use it, which means you believe in a separate set of standards for people based solely on the color of their skin which, in fact, is racist. I, you with I'm me?
1: Not, I'm not sure I agree. Okay. Just because that felt racist. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wait till you hear Barack wasn't actually black. Uh, what? <laughs> it's going to be a rude awakening. What
1: about that Kamala?
0: I know. Uh, my favorite, Olive. We are in a time... Where this is literally what is happening in our streets. You have a, a, a the lynching of a white man. It, it felt very Reginald Denny. Well, that's exactly watching what Watching that my video, mind, yeah. right? Yeah. And they caught those guys. I mean, we were pretty young when that happened, yeah, right? 10, yeah. 11, yeah, somewhere around there. And here is, and, and that's probably a good foundational mindset for what we're seeing now. Like You saw the girl. I'm not sure where she was, but she has her mask on, and she's screaming that it's okay if they're rioting because that's reparations. So yeah. get over it. It's reparations. We're owed this. Hey, kudos to you because at least you're saying what you believe. At least we know what the lines are. So here's the thing. If for you reparations means running out and being violent and looting and stealing, just understand that in certain states, Texas would be one, reparations will legally result in death. So go out there and get it if you want, but just know that in Texas, by law, a firearm and deadly force can be used to protect property. Okay? And I'm pretty sure that went to some pretty high courts out there because if you remember, the guy killed the illegal immigrant who was robbing his neighbor's house, and his neighbor had asked him, watch my house while I'm gone. Right. So the guy called 911, remember this? Yep. And the lady on the other end is like, well, you leave him alone. And he goes, no, I can go out there. And she goes, well, you shouldn't go out there. And everybody wanted to make the case that, hey, the police told him not to and he did it anyway. Hey, the police can't suddenly revoke your rights. If you're standing on the street corner and you're going, I hate the government, the police can't walk up and go, hey, uh, don't talk bad about the government. I can do whatever I want. I got a First Amendment right to tell you you're crooked, the government's crooked, whatever you feel like saying to them within you know a reasonable uh, uh, set of circumstances. Meaning you know you can't disrupt the public, you can't interfere in an investigation if that's what they're doing. There are limitations. I get that, but they can't suddenly revoke your rights, and you can take them to court over that. So my point is, careful in Texas. All right. So if you start going and trying to, it would be interesting to see them try and take down statues because that is public property. The law allows you to protect your property through lethal force. Interesting case study. Who knows? Point is, there are consequences to your actions. Number one. Number two, if you're kicking, if you're lynching people, Reginald Denny style, in the middle of the street, and you're calling them the N-word, you are a racist, violent, fascist organization that needs to be snuffed out somehow, quickly, because it's about to get dicey.
1: And it may get snuffed out. On its own accord. And and by that, what I mean is, did you see the video of the guys in Chicago, the in black neighborhood, they're actually running those punks right. out of the neighborhood? Yeah. Because it's a bunch
0: of white kids. You yeah, know, you don't come to our neighborhoods when kids get shot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, so, I, it's... I think they they feel they have some moral high ground because race is the, the topic du jour. Mm-hmm. And but when in the face of actual black people that live in these inner city areas, Mm -hmm. they want the police funded. There's plenty of interviews out there, like Mark Dice style stuff where guys are going around going, Hey, uh, how do you feel about the police being defunded? And guys are going, you know, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. Why would we do that? That's, I mean, there's already people getting shot all over the place. What would happen if we just stopped having cops? Yeah the so last line of defense
0: it's very it's just like gun control it disproportionately affects minority areas if when you enact gun control and you tell people guns are illegal you're turning a law-abiding citizens in uh, into criminals overnight but b the poor among us who didn't have guns in the first place are now left unarmed and they have no means of protection even if they save their 2 to 300 bucks to go get whatever firearm they think would be capable of you know doing the job. Now they can't at all. And they are the people who are more likely to have crimes committed against them. It's just the way it is. It's, it's the way it works. You know, the drug dealers aren't hanging out most often in the high-class suburbs where those guys have safes full of rifles or whatever the case may be. So, uh, and not to mention, by the way, there's an entire book by David Barton that um, will cover that for you of how, uh, gun control historically has been used to oppress minorities, and specifically the black population of America. They didn't want them armed, right? The people that are fighting for gun control, ironically, still the same thing today. Were the people of the party that started the KKK? KKK didn't want black people armed. The people that were backing Jim Crow laws didn't want black people armed. That's where all the gun control started. Wake up gun to that. Fact. Act of
1: '68. Whoa. Right there in the middle what? of the Black Panther. No. Huh? I
0: know. I know. That's crazy. My wife and I were uh, having, I'm sure, some sort of very romantic conversation where I was making some point about her, and she was just in awe of me. Uh, but she pulled her phone out. And she said, look at this. And she was showing me these billboards from a billboard company. I was catching all this flack for uh, allowing a billboard to go up of a cop car burning. And I was like, whoa. And she goes, yeah, they're saying it was a, a mistake. But the libertarian side of me, I guess if you want to call it that, kicked in. And I was like, oh, I miss their company. Why not? If, sure. it's, if I mean, they're, they're there to make money. And they didn't choose that billboard. Another company came to them and said, we want to buy billboard space, and this is what we wanted to say. Okay. And there was a really harsh one about abortion being a blessing, which was just grotesque to even consider because um, those people have no idea. They don't know what they're talking about. And so they have this, and and they and you think, it's terrible. But to another degree, those companies have a right to buy those billboards. So if they're not going to say no to them, then they can't say no to us either, and we should want it both ways. And so let me segue. I, real quick, I would Please. just say, let them
1: put those up. So yeah. they serve as a reminder of what your world can be if you so
0: choose. Absolutely
1: so, right. Great point. I, I wouldn't have a problem driving by any of those billboards because it would serve as just that. It would be a reminder to me every time I saw one Yeah, of just how close we are from
0: chaos. Yeah. We're awfully close right now. Man, we're there. Yeah. yeah I mean, we're, we're living it. It's, it's so an I a amazing thing.
1: I, in fact, I think some people need that reminder because I think you still have people living in a, in a bubble and then you have people that, are looking at things like cop cars burning or abortions and think, well, yeah, that's that's great. That's that's what should be happening. Yeah, because it, you know, uh, this Marxist ideology that's seems to be the grassroots behind BLM. It, that's that's like a principle. We're going to defund the cops. We're going to burn everything down. Good. Yeah. Remind remind Aunt Susie and and Uncle Bob when they're riding down
0: the street. That's that's where we are right now. And, you know, now's the time for those of us who disagree with BLM and Antifa, who I think are now one and the same. And I think they wanted it that way. I think those two organizations knew that eventually they would coalesce. No, they but Antifa merged has together. their wagon on sure.
1: BLM so that now no one can say they're wrong because then you're a racist. That's right. That's, that's right. all it's about. That's, that's right. the only thing.
0: This is ever about, and I, I think I said this last week, maybe not, but forgive me if I'm repeating myself is my point. I kind of wanted to send out a public service announcement of my current, uh, joke level of Biden because it's not going to change. I've really enjoyed the last three to four years where we can be critical of the president and not be racist because the decade before that was impossible. You couldn't do anything. Right. Can't criticize Barack without oh you're just a racist you're just a racist and I would always say no I'm criticizing his white half, <laughs> right? Because I'm allowed to do that right? You know it's so stupid it's just so stupid, like because you disagree with me I'm gonna throw this crazy label at you and that's where it all in my opinion in my experience that's where it all began. I don't ever I can never ever remember ever having a conversation with someone on politics or whatever the case may be disagreeing with them and then going, well, maybe you're racist. I'd never experienced that before Barack Obama was president. And then the minute you had a problem with his Marxist tendencies, it was, oh, that's just you being racist. No, no. Marx looked more like me than he did like Obama. I hate the guy. So anyway, here's my point.
1: Look kind of homeless for being honest with ourselves.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you know what's funny is his, his ideas were never really implemented in his lifetime right like it's like this dead poor dude who had this spoiled rich kid fantasy of well the, the world should treat me the same way dad did why didn't the world treat and that, and that's by the way that is a common thread you find yeah you
1: really well, Lenin and Trotsky who basically ushered in Soviet Russia mm-hmm. uh they were uh, well to do they were absolutely not, they were not poor kids from the streets that were like Ah, I gotta stick it to the man. That's right. It was simply a, a, a guise to usher in a ultimate level of control and totalitarianism. It wasn't. It wasn't just like a. I mean, I'm not gonna say it wasn't a grassroots movement, but it wasn't based uh, on. I don't think their reality. Right. I mean, you grow up with a silver spoon in your mouth, and then suddenly, next thing you know, you've
0: starved half your country. Right. Rarely does that happen, huh? You know, um, he, a great example would be uh, Kalashnikov, right? You look at Mikhail Kalashnikov, who invented the AK-47. Here's a guy who grew up dirt poor. His family was farmers. They were expelled by Stalin. Uh, they, were, they were kind of middle class, considering. But their land was seized by the government. It was redistributed to the people around them. Then he goes on to make this great invention for the communist regime because he was indoctrinated to believe you did what was appropriate for the motherland. Like He was brainwashed enough to believe that. And he was poor, and he stayed poor, and he never became super wealthy despite changing the world. Mm -hmm. He was never rewarded. And the motherland disintegrated around him. They just don't, there's no argument against the fact that where effort is rewarded, society thrives. There's, there's you cannot argue that. And so, yes, there's this common thread, as you were mentioning, of what you never find lower to mid middle class kids who really embrace socialism. It's very rare. Those kids grow up to see their parents work hard, to understand what it means to earn money, to see a reward for your effort, and then they think that's the way the world is. But the spoiled rich kids believe that they should go and not all of them, but but that tends to be the bloodline of the antifas of the world of the either, either I was never given as much as I thought I deserved because my parents spoiled me and didn't mm-hmm. raise me correctly. Uh, or, or I, and I think that should continue. I think that should continue into the real world. And now the government should be my dad and he should provide everything I need and I shouldn't have to get up and go work for it. It's a crazy, crazy thing, but I don't want to not mention the absurdity of the three pers of the world. Now, let me say, that I'm using that as a uh, vast generalization there, but <laughs> here's who I'm talking to. Uh, specifically, the Confederate three percenters, who were they that showed up at Stone Mountain this week? I, let me get the name of that organization. because uh, They
1: were the type 2 diabetes uh, organization ah, of the Southeast. Yes,
0: okay. Three percenters at Stone Mountain. You're right. Look at that. Wilfred Brimley's picture. Yep. Huh. I had no idea he was one of them, uh, because here's what you get: you get this group of guys who, I'm sure, they had. Well, they just call them the three percenters. Oh, was, dude,
1: these are the guys that are keeping uh, the Punisher skull emblem in
0: business. Yes, to a degree. Here's what I don't like: so Stone Mountain, if you remember, in fact, when we first talked about them, was at Stone Mountain. The only thing these guys are punishing is a buffet and the not effing around coalition and probably a toilet fair after the fact fair and their entire family has to deal with that <laughs> uh the not yep. effing around coalition showed up at stone mountain and was allowed to do what they did the three percenters were not they were denied a permit and the stone mountain facility was shut down they were told, don't even come here so that's a gross abuse of power by stone mountain georgia and that should be dealt with accordingly. You shouldn't be going to light shows down there if you believe that the Constitution should apply evenly.
1: I quit going to those light shows Oh yeah, that's when right. they stopped waving the Confederate flag in the light show.
0: I was like, oh, you know what? Was I'm that done. a thing? Yeah, it was a thing. Yeah. I don't remember that. Way back in the day. I stopped going when they said it wouldn't blow up. Like, I was waiting on that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, here's, here's the thing. This, uh, this is what I'm trying to say. The three percenter crown, then then this the WSOC articles just call them three percenters. I was pretty sure they called themselves something like Sons of Confederacy three percenters or something weird like that. Uh here's the gateway pundit. I like that you're re- relying on some random media to
1: get whatever long, drawn out, stupid name they have correct. Fair enough.
0: Uh oh great. Okay. Uh Memorial Confederate. The three percenters. Oh, he's just copied and pasted WSOC. All right, anyway, it doesn't matter. Look, here's the thing. It is time to decide whose side you're on. And I don't know how to do that. I really, truly don't because I don't like Antifa. I don't like Black Lives Matter. I'm not a huge Trump fan. I'm definitely not a fan of these guys who put their rifles on who put their empty plate carriers on and it's just got molly webbing everywhere and there's like no use for it except you think it looks right. Okay, that's happening on both sides, by the way. But I'm not going to correct you. I don't believe in correcting you. I think you should go out there and fight your war dressed however you think you should dress and you should have a good time. Um, But I can't figure out where to land on this because A... It's somewhat reminiscent. Now, I don't want to victim blame, right? So the three percenters should have been allowed to do their protest. The police should have been on hand, and they should have kept the Black Lives Matter and the In Fact guys and all this. They should have kept them separate. The police failed here. Okay, This was a, a failure on many, many levels. They should have been there. They should have done what, what they're supposed to do. one more
1: reason we need to defund them.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Um, that and the speeding tickets. I can't wait for that to end. Uh But I've been having these talks lately with my middle child because he can't stop reacting. And boy, you know, because you're the oldest, right? Mm -hmm. So you know how what a just precious gift it is when the younger sibling just negatively reacts to whatever it is you're doing. Never happened to me. It's just, yeah, right. It's like finding golden nugget in your cornflakes. It's the best thing that could happen in all of the world. There is nothing greater than saying, your hair looks weird today. Shut up about my hair. Oh, it looks really weird. Stop it. I'm going to tell dad you're talking about my hair. Dad, I was just trying to explain to him that his hair looks weird. Tell him it looks weird. <laughs> right? That's the way it goes. <laughs> and then, you know, suddenly Ooh, there's tears being shed and life is over and nothing's great. That's what I think when I see the three percenters. If you just wouldn't show up and react that way, like if you just would let, in fact, do their thing, and then you go do your thing, which, again, you should be allowed to do, none of this would be happening. The
1: point has already been proven, though, because if you just don't show up, they will literally shoot themselves. (laughs) Yeah. So you don't even have to do anything. And three of their friends. Just stay home. And I give it, you know, six, eight months, and they've completely eliminated all their ranks. What a great
0: point to make. What a great point to make. I mean, just leave them alone. Yeah. Actually, just yeah. encourage them to keep marching. Go out and tell them, yeah, yeah. we well, believe in I mean. you. We believe in you. Hey, have you heard of dynamite? Carry that stuff around. Hey, <laughs> we believe in you. We believe in you. You should look into what you can do with ammonium nitrate. We believe in you. We believe, you know, and then they're all dead within a few months. That's a great idea. I believe in you. Uh, yes, stop giving them the attention they so desperately crave. That's my point. Because, look, who are we kidding? Who are we ki- Look, you're not kidding anybody. You can dress like you want to fight. You can dress up like karate kid. Yes, you showed me a video today. Yes, sir. showed me a video today, which right. I assume was from Stone Mountain. Yep. Yes, it was.
1: And so what we saw was uh, look like a black guy beating up a white guy. And then another black guy comes in with a baseball bat and whacks the white guy upside the
0: head. So I do think it was two white guys fighting. Okay, it may have been. Yeah. From opposing sides. All right. And then a black man walks up with a baseball bat and smacks the white guy he disagrees with in the back of the head. And then fades just right back. Just
1: disappears like a fart
0: in the wind. Yep. Right back into the Antifa crowd. And they just blend right around him and let him get away with it. Attempted so, murder. So Certainly. Absolutely.
1: The point I was going to make, though, is that it seems to me more obvious than ever from that video that all they're doing is trying to draw these 3% Uh guys or whomever off sides right? so that someone fires a shot. Exactly right. Because everybody's got guns. It's just a mass of people. And if you watch that video, it's kind of crazy because as soon as the scuffle kind of ends, you see a couple of black guys, and they throw their arms straight up in the air, yep. like like they're saying touch. Hands up, don't shoot. But, not, I mean, it's literally yeah, so it's over-exaggerated. Yep. They're straight up in the air. Yep. It's very weird. And they're saying, what's the guy? He's like yelling something like, control your weapons. Control yes. your weapons. Mm-hmm. Screaming it at the top of his lungs as if their side is completely in the Right. And that, and right. that the aggressors are these these you know guys with the Punisher skulls all over the plate carriers, mm-hmm. which clearly, at least from what I saw, wasn't actually the case. So uh, the point I am making is they they want that they want you to show up they want you to have your your battle rattle on and your rifle in your hands yeah so that somebody slips yeah and it's that shot heard around the world yeah and it spins this whole thing up and it'll make what what the George Floyd protest were look like
0: disneyland it's baked yeah it's 100%. all baked. and the three percenters you're not fooling anybody like you said battle rattle whatever you want to call it but none of you them guys look look are like showing they have up. any sense that's uh, <laughs> there's yes. no
1: uh, what do you want to call it opsec uh there's no no order no what well, you got guys that are that have rifles and they're just like holding them up, like almost waving them around, asking someone to take it out of their hands.
0: You can tell that no one has asked the question for what? Hey man. Hey, get your gear. We're going to stone mountain for what? That never got asked, right? Oh, well, we're going to oppose. Oh, I got a plate carrier, (laughs) right? Let's go. Waiting
1: for a reason to put it on. All
0: right, guys, uh, let's all stand over here. For what? You know, there's no order. There's nobody asking even the simplest question. But But the difference is, Mm -hmm. the difference is if you called me in the middle of the night
1: and you said, get your gear and come to my house, Mm -hmm. I would assume something's going on at your house Mm -hmm. and I would get my gear and I would get in the truck and I'd come over. Right. But if you called me and said, get your gear, we're going to Stone Mountain, I would say, have a good weekend.
0: (laughs) Right. But for what? We're going to oppose in fact. For what? Because, again. I can oppose them. Right here. From my living room. Right here. And I don't buy anybody who would say, well, we have to go out there and do it. We have to go out and show these people we won't back down. No, 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 no. You can be the gray man, right? Like, that's the thing John Lovell has yep. started really hitting home with Warrior Poet Society. You can just blend in. You can let the crazies be the crazies. And you can stand back. And make sure you and yours are protected. And by, and by you and yours, I mean your yourself, your family, your community, your friends. That's fine. But you don't put a rifle on. And in some of these guys' cases, you don't just hold a rifle in the middle of a crowd without a sling slung around you or whatever. Don't be willy-nilly about it. it's ob- Here's my whole point. It's obvious that all you're doing is showboating. You have no yeah. intention of using that rifle, which is good. You shouldn't. You have no intention of fist fighting anybody. Maybe you do. Maybe you want to. Well, you but can watch you the do, way
1: these guys fight. It's it's pretty obvious they don't really intend on fighting anyone.
0: They've never trained for Be- it, at because least. Because
1: these are people who, who don't know how to fight. Right. And I'm not speaking as someone who does. I'm just telling you, you can watch that versus watching something like UFC. Right, and you know the difference between a couple guys throwing haymakers and scuffling in the dirt Mm -hmm. versus someone who actually knows how to throw a real punch. Yeah,
0: it's it's night and day. There's a reason most guys aren't running out there. Yeah, you know, and I think it carries on both sides. I guess I hope I'm being really clear that as crazy as Antifa and Black Lives Matter look from the the right side is as crazy as the three percenters look from the left side. And we're getting to a really important time here because November's going to be wild. November's going to be wild. It doesn't matter who wins. It does not matter. If Trump wins, we're in trouble. If Trump loses, we're in trouble. There's going to be chaos. Chaos. Maybe it's a little less if Trump loses, but I fear that he will convince certain people that it was stolen It was all rigged. It's all fake. Again, just chaos, right? So I fear for what's coming in November, and I think the best defense we have is to be kind to each other now and to figure it out now and to realize that your reaction can carry a lot of weight, all right? Like you mentioned the guys earlier. You got these black men in Chicago. We posted the video on our Facebook page. They're now going out and telling these people, get out of here. We don't want anything to do with you. Nobody here believes in you. You're crazy. Go home because they're understanding the black community is catching on that. There's very poor representation of them in the media, meaning the media is doing everything they can do to make it seem as if the Black Lives Matter organization speaks for all black people. And it's simply not the case. And, and the majority of black Americans see uh, the glaring uh, absurdity with that line of thinking. And so to that end, I say the same to the three percenters. They don't represent the real conservatives of America. Neither does Donald Trump, by the way. I don't think Donald Trump is a true conservative. I don't think true conservatives behave the way Donald Trump behaves. He's a big government guy, but he, he has done great things, and he, and he can't take that away from him. I'm not trying to beat up on Donald Trump. I'm just saying that it's hard to decide where you fall When those are the opposing points of view, not a fan of Trump, not a fan of Antifa, not a fan of nepotism, ergo, not a fan of Trump, not a fan of violent revolution, ergo, not a fan of Antifa and black lives matter. So I think it's probably the most important thing we could do right now is to choose the side that keeps the world a sane place. Talk to your neighbors, get to know each other, understand that because someone looks a certain way as the people they keep showing on TV, it doesn't mean they believe the way those people believe, et cetera, et cetera. I'm really, really worried about what happens with November. Really, really
1: worried. And I would add, because of that fact, and and to your point about talking to your neighbors, I would say come up with a plan. Yeah. Understand who's around you. Yeah. What their skill sets are. Nope. Yep. I, would, I would, you know, I would give some serious consideration to that. If you're not doing that, you're probably doing yourself a disservice
0: and if you don't if you're not talking to your neighbors already you' you're a step behind right and if you don't have a plan for November yeah absolutely I would make one I would encourage you to start a Facebook group with just like-minded friends and and by the way, here's another very 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 important thing don't make it political don't stop stop making everything political because if you make it political right now there's so many stupid nuanced questions that that go along. With, with just political philosophy. Uh, we were talking the other day about the fact that I was once in a political theory class in college where a guy in the class, uh, he knew everything any philosopher that had ever lived had said. And he was talking about the fact that there could be no such thing as personal property. So John Locke was way wrong because so-and-so said there's no such thing as personal property. And all this kid wanted to do was to throw dissenting ideas in. I don't think I ever heard the kid have his own idea. He would just regurgitate what other people said. He's a really nice guy. It sounds like he really just wanted to flex on his memorization skills. He was really good. He was. He had, if, if he didn't have a photographic memory, he was very, very close. He was very good at recollection. But he wasn't good at formulating his own opinion off of those. It's things. It's really
1: impressive with philosophy because it all sounds the same to me. It does, right? <laughs> like, so I, why do I, Why do you have to explain the same content, same you know concept, twenty seven different ways? Like, right? Just saying it over
0: and over. Well, and it makes you seem smarter. Over and over, I well, thought about cool. it this minute and, and to be fair, back then, what else did those guys have to do? Good There's a reason we don't sit around and philosophize these days. We have things to do. <laughs> do they not have PlayStations? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Stupids. Uh,
1: iPhones to stick in the pool.
0: Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I'm going to tell you, this is the best video I'd ever captured of my kids. It was awesome. Anyway, um, it, and so it would have been worth it. I'd have paid, and I'd be happy if I had my videos. Um, what is the point I was making? If you get caught up in that kind of stuff, so for instance, we had this kid. And he's regurgitating some philosopher whose name I don't remember. And he's like, oh, he he would tell you there's no such thing as personal property. And then that was his whole argument. And I remember saying, who cares? That's obviously not true. And he was like, well, could be true. Some people believe it is true. I was like, then give me your book bag. I'm going to stand up right now. I'm going to go through your bag. And I remember making kind of a half motion that I was getting up. And he flinched a little. And I was (laughs) like, oh, I can't have your bag. Like, you understand how immediately you just disprove the very point you're pondering. Like, oh, don't touch my bag, man. Well, why? Because it's your bag. It's your bag. Nobody teaches a kid to say, my toy. Mine, mine, mine. Mine, mine, mine. We just do that. There's an inherent nature of human beings to possess things and to protect the things they possess, right? And that's why I tell my wife when I say, don't leave the house. Uh, you're mine. Mine, 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 mine. <laughs> <laughs> it is human nature it's it's a it's a natural thing we're wired with it and, and my whole point here is you could get you could get caught up in that crap and you could say to yourself i'm going to argue every little thing and if you believe this then you can't be a part of my group And if you believe that you can't be a part of my group and to a degree there is some worth to that like yes you don't need someone walking into your group where you say we're going to be a collective of people who help each other and they're like well socialism's great or white power, you know, you don't need that in your group. You need level-headed individuals. But this isn't a time to look at the letter behind somebody's name or their voting history and say, you know, well, I know that you supported Barack Obama and I I just can't have that in my group. Like, we need to learn to let those little things go. And I'll tell you, just to be a broken record for a quick second, turn off the news, get off of social media as a habit, turn off the notifications, be done with it, all right? And you will find your life feels so much better. The worries of the world will somewhat fade, okay? Because you don't have to ingest all the garbage the media feeds you. You don't have to ingest all the worry that people want you to have so you feel like you need them, okay? That's what that's why local news exists, by the way. Never forget, the local news needs you to believe that you need them. And the way they convince you of that is to terrify you every time you turn them on, to tell you where the murders are happening, why this or that will get you hurt or killed or maimed or whatever, how starvation can be a thing if you don't pay attention, and then they never give you an answer. They just leave you. But they do it in a way where they they come in to your home They deliver you this terrible news every night, and And then they finish on a story about a puppy. That's right. They lift you up right at the end.
1: You know, I read an article a couple years ago that was basically talking about um, how uh, Facebook specifically, but social media in general, was basically playing to the Pavlovian reflex uh, with notifications absolutely So right. they're going to hit you with a notification it's going to make you want to go okay i got to know what's going on the endorsements what's happening that. Yeah. in my world in my bubble right yeah and so you click on that and the more you would click on it the more it's learning your you know likes and all that in the background the more it's tailoring those notifications to you and i don't know if it was a correlation because it was actually ticking up or i just started to notice it because i read the article but i started to feel like getting a lot more notifications I feel like I'm yeah. getting like Facebook is constantly pinging me. Yep. And so I got to a point where I said, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to turn as much of that off as possible and keep it to a bare minimum Yeah. because I don't need it all the time and I don't need it instantly. Um, and then I started to note. So I kind of, I, I tapered that and then I went to my email next and I got yeah. rid of almost every, uh, you know, thing you've ever signed up for in an email if it wasn't something very important it went away i just unsubscribed from as much as possible and then i noticed things outside of my sort of you know on my phone sort of digital world like the news and and different things like that and just started to kind of see some of those for what they are yeah because they're they work off the same principle To your point about the doom and gloom of the news, every time there's a murder, that's what's going to lead, right? Right. And it's going to lead because obviously that's tragic and it could happen to you.
0: Yeah. That's what's going to get your attention. Again, another way we're naturally wired is to protect ourselves, right? Fight or flight and all that. And I feel like we want to know those things so that we can protect against them. But yeah, so they're going to use that
1: psychology against us.
0: Yes, absolutely, and, and
1: and I feel like I'm, uh, you know, Mister Tim Hat by saying that, like, like no. they the world is out to get us. It's not that they're out to get us, but it's out. They're out to get our attention. Yeah, you know, they're not trying to, uh, you know, it's, it's not a, all about your demise. It's about keeping you engaged so that you're watching their show, so they're making advertising dollars. Much like Google and Facebook, they operate the same way. Mm-hmm. So there's a
0: lot of that going on that I just feel like if you get away from it, you're better off. Such a such a terrible, terrible thing. And the news, like the world is such an evil place. And we talk about it a lot, especially with the the child predators. Like, was it always this bad? Yeah. Or are we just hearing about it more? I feel like I feel like that conversation is happening more and more all the time. Yeah. Every little thing. So you have this guy in North Carolina whose five-year-old son was executed executed by the neighbor, point blank range in front of his two sisters. Like what good does it do me to know that that happened? Nothing. Doesn't do me any good, but I can't ignore it. I feel compelled. There's like a moral compulsion there to to figure something out to do to prevent that because that is like a sick tragedy. And I saw, by the way, Not that it makes it any better. I saw that they've raised $760,000 for that family now, which Mm. is fantastic. So there's the thing to talk about is the good that we can do for people when bad things happen. But what I didn't appreciate, by the way, was everyone sharing it from Fox News, which blows every major news outlet out of the water. They're sharing a Fox News link and saying, why isn't this on the news? Yeah. You just shared a Fox News link. Stop politicizing this boy's death. Yep. Share it. Show me what you did for the family and and continue to do good. All right? Stop. Stop. Doesn't matter what point you're trying to prove. A boy is dead. He's dead. And his death doesn't need to be used to make whatever political point you're trying to make. I've seen it from national and local
1: news where people are saying the news won't cover this, but people
0: are literally sharing links (laughs) from the news to local affiliates (laughs) and national. When it comes from myblog.com and I can't find it anywhere else. Valid. Valid. I'm going to wonder why nobody's covering it, but that's still not the story. The story is not, why is it not a national news story? The story there is a a five-year-old boy was assassinated. The real story to me, the question we should all be asking, is why did that man do that? That's what we we fail to really ever dive deep, and sometimes there's no answer for that. But I'm, and I mean this, tinfoil hat, as you mentioned earlier, I want to know what kind of media that guy was consuming. Yeah. What was that guy hearing from the mainstream media? What was that guy seeing on his social media? I want to know his history. I want I want his browser history immediately. I want to know what he was looking at. I want to know what he was reading. I want to see the articles he Googled. I want to know if that was a targeted killing of that five year old child.
1: Well, you know what'll happen is they'll say he was criminally insane or mm-hmm. schizophrenic or something like that. He looks, and look, then if every, you look at his picture, he looks sick. He does. Some, something's wrong there. But mm-hmm. what they'll say is that he has some medical condition, and then that, uh, you know, all of his browser history and, and, whatever groups he was affiliated with or whatever is all yeah. under HIPAA and
0: we're not allowed to know. Right. That's that's what always happens. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The New Zealand shooter cited Candace Owens. Yep. And a whole bunch of what was like he did like Blue's Clues. Yeah. Like some kids TV programming that I can't remember right now. He cited all those as the reasons and still the American Congress – Asked Candace Owens, "Do you disavow him? He mentioned you in his manifesto." <laughs> you know, so they would find a way to cover for that guy if they had sure. to. You know, they'll, they'll they'll do what they have to do. They'll do it anyway. Anything uh, to make it go away. The media of the day, I mean, I'm sorry, I, from every level, from local to national. Don't even, especially the local people are so corrupt. They're so tied to the money. They'll do whatever it takes to cash a paycheck. It's from the ground up with the media. Um, There's very, very few of those people that you can trust. I don't care which side you're on. There's very few of them that you can trust. And I could give you evidence after evidence after evidence as to why that's true. In fact, here's a good one. In the Stone Mountain coverage, one of the local news anchors tweeted that Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and... Quote, some independents were chanting at the three percenters, go home, racist, go home, racist, go home. As if she went around, pulled everybody yeah. and <laughs> pulled the audience. And those people were like, Well, I'm an independent voter. Hey, by the way, guess who would probably tell you they don't vote Republican or Democrat? Antifa.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, they're <laughs> right. No, no, no. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> not, not because they don't vote. Republican or Democrats because they don't vote. They probably don't. They probably don't. Hi, I'm Rebecca Norris with uh, KABC News. Ah. Just wondering, who do you
0: identify with politically? <laughs> yeah, I'm an independent, right? That's probably yeah, what you're going to say. Yeah, in but the that, middle of the protests, sure. Not going to say the Nazi Party, which yeah. they all would love to be able to say. They're not going to do that. Uh, okay, let's wrap that. And then let's move uh, to two things. We still have our VOTA of the week Which uh, is just insanity. This COVID thing is so out of control. I'm tired of everyone being mean to each other because of COVID. I'm tired of us not being normal human beings.
1: If you would put your mask on, we wouldn't have to be mean to you, Chris. It's
0: all my fault. You are correct, Sharon Stone. Sorry about your sibling. (laughs) Uh, That's a real thing. If you didn't see it, she said if you didn't wear a mask, uh, you're the reason. I think, was it her sister? Yeah. got sick. Sister. Yeah. Yeah. before we do the COVID voter of the week, maybe the voter should just be COVID. Uh, I want to give you this update. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is out of Beirut. I like that. We've
1: given it to people. We've given it to groups. <laughs> now we're giving it to a uh, virus.
0: I might call the audible. We'll find out in ten seconds. Um, okay, uh, I don't have anything to give you outside of just an update on this, but I wanted I wanted to highlight something that I just think is so. Uh, motivational and I hope you'll take it with you and apply it because I think this is a tremendous tremendous thing uh, this is uh, what we in uh, the conservative church circles call a prayer letter you got did they do that in the Lutheran churches you get prayer letters yeah all right so this is a prayer letter from um, like a, from missionaries a, a missionary whatnot. in uh, yeah exactly right in Beirut. And he was the first person I thought about. I texted my mom after the the blast happened, and I said, uh, I said, wow, have you heard from him? And I'm not going to use his name um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, it is violent over there. It is a terrible place uh, when it comes to trying to be a Christian. We also uh, have a huge listenership right through that area. That's very true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He would also probably want his own hour to tell us uh, that he disagrees with 99% of everything we've ever said, which I wouldn't blame him for. Um, but he's a very, very. I'm starting to think I disagree <laughs> with 99% of everything we've ever said. Right. From this side. Um, he's a very, very good man. Uh, but he wrote a prayer letter, sent it out, and uh, I got a copy of it here. And this is, um, I'm going to just skim it it's the middle of august he says it's the first time in more than two decades the church uh is not meeting for a week-long conference that they have every year uh the, the meeting center is empty the children are not playing as they normally would the dining room's not packed we are rather in a state of national distress and as if passing in the valley of the shadow of death um The catastrophic blast that hit Beirut City, the lockdown caused by the coronavirus, and the economic crisis, and above all, the smell of death, and the cries and tears of thousands, all doomed our normal life with an atmosphere of an apocalyptic tribulation. I have the feeling that much of biblical prophecies are being realized and leading for the second return of our Lord. The first days after the blast, we were running from one place to the other, helping and checking on the maimed, comforting the bereaved. We have some severe casualties We still have in the intensive care unit, some of some dear ones. I'm sorry. There's, there's a translational gap here. So forgive me on that. But anyway, it was just yesterday that Danielle, the wife of our treasurer started showing signs of recovery. Her four little ones are unusually quiet, affected by the heavy absence of their mom. A friend of ours, Adele was beside the bed of her cancerous husband in St. George hospital when the explosion took place and the room was shaken and Antoine was immediately killed under the wreckage and his wife was injured. In the midst of all this turmoil, after three days after the blast, we called for a meeting for our board of trustees and church committee to see how we can rapidly respond to the pressing needs and stand beside the victims and the injured. Guided by Galatians 6.10, we resolve that by God's grace and as much as he enables us, we will attempt to serve three groups, of maimed the believers, friends, and others. Now, here's uh, the motivational part. I know I, I just made you sad, and, and I'm telling you some terrible sounding things, but, but this is where what what I I feel like should be what we focus on is you know you look for the people that help, you look for the people that do good in these times, and those are the people to associate with. And so um, he goes on to say what they're looking to do. And he says, um, since the first moment after the blast, our medical team reported two surgeries and 35 cases of wound stitching and cleaning. Our maintenance team started work in nine flats or apartments and two church buildings. We decided to start uh, distributing goods uh, to needy families of sister churches adjacent to the destroyed seaport. Our food pack caused thankful smiles. Our team leader says they feel blessed. Uh, the chairman of the committee of the Armenian Bible Church uh, wrote to thank us for our help. Uh, and so here's here's the part that's motivational. <clears throat> he writes and says, I have to say, our work is being kept, and he said decent, but I think he meant discreet. Here's why. Uh, he says our work is being kept decent and with no publicity. So I think he meant discreet for two reasons. One, our biblical conviction that doing mercy should be without any show off to our limited resources, which restrict us from responding to an unknown number of requests in a destroyed city where over 5,000 houses are destroyed and over tens of thousands are displaced or affected. However, we are getting requests for help through our network of friends and churches. And it goes on and on. He says, please keep us in your prayers. Remember the maimed and those who lost their dear ones. I just, I think it's, (laughs) it's such a uh, dichotomy. To America in the way, if you do good here, you better put it on Instagram or it didn't happen. Absolutely. I'm sick and tired of the charitable posts and the uh, meaning, uh, I decided to do this today. And it just felt good to do the right thing. I'm never going to be able to tell you, don't post and ask money for charities because I do it all the time. But uh, I'm also a sucker for that kind of stuff um to a degree you know and so um I don't think there's anything wrong with that but this like uh self-aggrandizing posture yeah. people take where look at me I'm just down here
1: I'm super selfless
0: <laughs> hey guys don't have long for this Instagram story but I'm about to put a ladle of soup into uh what was your name homeless guy Philip into Philip's tray and I just want to say how how blessed I am and how wonderful I think Philip is And here you go, Philip, slop, you know, and then they move on. (laughs) Like, that's the way they do it. Uh, But I just loved reading that letter. And so if you're the praying type, pray for those guys over there. They really are doing God's work. They're doing good things. Uh, And, and again, let me tie it back to the theme of this week. Whole point here is uh, there's good people doing good things in the world. And so be a person that does good with your time here. And um, have a plan. All right, uh, if you didn't see, by the way, real quick before we do our vote, I want to squeeze this in. Uh, The Washington Post, (laughs) this was unbelievable. And there's really not a whole lot to extract from this outside of just saying what it is. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read the Washington Post headline announcing the death of the president's brother. Mm -hmm. And I want you to read the next one.
1: All right. You all right with that? Do you have it? Uh, I don't, but I can get it. All right, my bad. This is a surprise
0: move. I got you, dog. I got it right here. Okay. I'm ready to roll. You sure? All All right. You you go ahead. Here's what the Washington Post said about the death of Robert Trump. Robert Trump, younger brother of President Trump, who filed a lawsuit against his niece, dies at 71. Here is what the Washington Post said. (laughs) About the murderous terrorist leader, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. Give me one second. It's loading. You jerk. I'm sorry. Abu
1: Bakr al-Baghdadi, austere religious scholar
0: at helm of Islamic (laughs) Islamic State, dies at 48. (laughs) The only reason I can even agree with that headline is because... There's nothing ISIS does today that Muhammad didn't do himself, and you really would have to be a religious scholar to realize that. So, fair. (laughs) But also not right. Good grief. What a world. And then again, these are the people you go to to decide whether or not you like your neighbor because of your neighbor's political beliefs. Just know. Consider that. Every time you go buy
1: a $17 pint of orange juice... From Whole Foods you're funding this place,
0: yeah, and Amazon right and amazon yeah it's yeah. a it's a is it Bezos yeah Bezos I, was, Bezos I was surprised to learn it's not Bezos I don't know anyway what do you, do you think he's like
1: currently hollowing out a volcano to live in half of one I mean he's oh. <laughs> cheater <laughs> I mean, he's got the bald right. head thing going on. I don't think I've ever seen the man talk.
0: He just always has this weird smirk on his face. And then, naked cat. Um, did you, I'm, I can't dive deep into it, but did you see the story of how Jill and Joe Biden met? Oh, God, no. So, Jill Biden's <laughs> first husband has written an autobiography. All right. She, she was married to this dude who owns some legendary rock and roll club. And she cheated on him with Joe Biden, left him for Joe Biden when she was like 23 and Biden was 30, something like that. She had worked on his campaign. Her husband donates all this money. And the husband said there were two two times, two things that made him really believe the affair was happening. Number one, he was going to go meet Bruce Springsteen. This is like in the heyday of Springsteen when he was first like really hitting big and so Springsteen... I'm glad you didn't say when he was good, because that was not never a thing. thing. Yeah, no, okay. never Just a thing. Making sure we're on the same page there. I remember, quick side note, I had a boss who loved Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I hope he, he moved back to New Jersey. He he drove me around. He was from New York. And he drove me around Atlanta one time. We were in we we're in Atlanta for a conference. And he drove, and the whole time we listened to Bruce Springsteen, I remember riding with him. He's the nicest guy in the world. I loved working for him. Don't get me wrong. But I remember thinking, how does anyone like this music? I got a it's bandana so in my back pocket, gonna it's not so open bad. my teeth while I sing the song, I'm gonna grip my way through another song. <laughs> it's actually a really solid impression. <laughs> I like my major chords and the minor fall. Anyway, all right. uh, Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So he was going to go meet Springsteen to pay him to play a show. And Jill Biden said, nah, dog, I'm good. I'm going to stay here and get some stuff done. He's like, well, that's weird. Everybody wants to meet Bruce Springsteen. Number two, he's driving his Corvette around town uh, or something like that. And this guy approaches him. He's like, hey, is that your Corvette? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, like, what gives, man? He's like, excuse me? He's like, do you remember, uh, I don't know if you know, but your Corvette hit my car. And the guy's like, what? And he goes, yeah, they they said they'd be in touch with me and get me paid, but I never got paid for the insurance claim or whatever it was. And he goes, who's they? And the guy says, Senator Biden was driving the car at the time. So Joe Biden cheating with a dude's wife. It's eerily similar to his son. Who left a crack pipe in the back of a rental car, mm. and had you know secret children with women, right. right? Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, it's convoluted, huh? And by the way, he did have tragedy with his wife and daughter, but apparently it was before all that. That's weird. Okay, vote of the week, man. Long episode. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, FeltRecallShow dot You can hear every one we've ever recorded, good and bad. We would love for you to do that. And wherever you get your uh, podcasts, please make sure you subscribe, leave a comment, a rating, and all that good stuff. And when you listen
1: and you find those good ones, there's only two of them. If you find those,
0: remind us which ones they are. (laughs) Larry Vickers. That'd be one. All right. What's the other one? I feel like two weeks ago was pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) You got to make them dig deeper than that, man. (laughs) All right, uh, our voter of the week. Can we get, should we get Voda on the show? I kind of feel like we should at some should. point. Mm-hmm. I'm an ambitious officer. Uh-huh. I need to be a part of the 100 Club. 100 Club. I think that accent's fake. I don't think he's even being real. You think it's fake? <laughs> if you don't you know, think it's fake. that's Lucius Black. Uh, if you want to know, look, I have a rule. I hope he never dies. I don't make fun of dead people uh, too often unless their life I feel like his memory horrible. is
1: going to live on.
0: Uh he is now working, and it's not a joke. He's this this is why we make fun of him. The man's now working on a book that will attempt to normalize pedophilia. Not a joke. Not a joke gun community of people. By the way, if I haven't said it, Travis Haley went to a rally hosted by some Operation Underground Railroad volunteers recently. And if that man signs up to join the club for hunting these people down, God bless him. God bless him. I hope. Because you know what? <laughs> Here's the thing if OUR can get Travis Haley, suddenly the problem would disappear and everybody would yep. go, What happened? Well, that was easy. <laughs> that was, but we, wait a second. What happened? Where'd everybody go? <laughs> We've been tracking these people for years. What happened to them? It's like they just disappeared. And Travis is like over there, and there's like some like dirt on his neck and stuff. And he's like wiping it off. That would be awesome. Love that man. Uh, anyway, all right. What am I even talking about? Chicago and the COVID pandemic is our vote of the should, week. Mm-hmm. I'm an ambitious officer. I need to be a part of the hundred club. We're gonna make COVID uh, this week's voter. He, I mean. If COVID was a person, it would be VOTA. Uh, Taxpayer-funded t- taxpayer, <laughs> taxpayer funded $66 million. Chicago Pandemic Hospital has closed. It treated 38 patients. That, my friend... <laughs> was totally worth tanking the economy. A gobsmacking total of $1.7 million per patient.
1: According is, is to TheBlaze.com. Officially, like the
0: largest boondoggle in history. I mean, there's always green energy. I'd have to see the numbers. Uh, I feel like this is probably blowing that out of the water. Probably, we, we didn't bring
1: ships into New York Harbor over green energy. You know what I'm saying? <gasps> yeah, they there treated was no one. Trillion dollar bailouts. We weren't. We weren't threatening to have to bury people in c- Central Park over green energy. That's not true.
0: We kind of did the opposite. We said. Oh, if you because don't of get the green sea- energy, then we will have to bury every... Literally, all yes. human
1: beings will have to be buried in Central Park.
0: Well, I think the opposite. The people buried in Central Park, those bodies will rise. Ah. Because the sea levels it. and gotta, all gotta, that. Gotta, gotta, They're going to flood it. everything. And then, like, all the criminal politicians in New York are like, wait, for real? <laughs> Stroke a check. Uh, yeah, so here it is from Chicago Sun-Times. McCormick Place Hospitals. Cost to taxpayers, $1.7 per patient. Here's how the deal happened. Um, Mayor Lori Lightfoot is being defended for her push for it. Taxpayers spent nearly $66 million fashioning McCormick Place into an emergency coronavirus hospital with 2,750 beds. Remember, it treated 38 patients. Uh, Those fears turned out to be on... uh, Well, I skipped, sorry. Uh, 2,750 beds amid fears that COVID-19 patients would overwhelm the system. The fears turned out to be unfounded. Only 38 patients transferred to the center, meaning taxpayers' cost for the makeshift hospital turned out to be more than 1.7 per patient. Top aides to the mayor say her decision to initiate the project with the federal government and the Metropolitan Peer and Exposition Authority was an important, quote, insurance policy at a time of, quote, immense emergency. There never was an immense emergency. You all panicked. Something I'm incredibly proud of, says Samir Something Lightfoot's deputy mayor for economic and neighborhood development. Think about that. That's a thing. A deputy mayor for economic and neighborhood development says the money. Uh, the money was not spent. It works in vain. for free. Mm-hmm. He also notes that the medical equipment is being stored and can be redeployed if needed. To complete the McCormick Place Project, the authority, a city-state governmental body known as McPeer that runs the convention center and owns Navy Pier, tapped Walsh Construction, a politically connected Chicago company that's built everything from highways to high-rises. That followed a selection process so frenzied that McPier hired Walsh just hours after receiving proposals. Yay! So there you have it. That is what COVID is doing to American cities everywhere. Taxpayer money. One point seven million dollars per patient for thirty-eight patients. I don't think anybody died. I think they all made it. Money well spent then. COVID, VODA. Is there a difference? Not really. Not at this point. All right. Thanks for hanging out. That was a long one. You talk too much, Elon. It's my fault. <laughs> I'll
1: work on that for the next one.
0: We'll be back next Tuesday with another fresh episode of the Felt Recall Podcast.